Hello there guys. Welcome to another episode of the Opinions and Chatter podcast. This episode is the last episode for the year 2021 and it is going to be a review of all the memorable moments for the year 2021. So it's more or less 2021 in review. 2021 started off with US 57 and the match between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor stands out for me. And it is a fantastic way of starting the year. The match was a grudge match and it was the second of their eventual trilogy. It was a good card to start the year. One, seeing as Justin Pere got the chance to avenge his first loss against McGregor. And secondly, because even though McGregor stopped up the fight, nobody expected him to turn up in the match, at least in the first round, the way he did. So it was a good way to start the year. I think that wasn't enough in January. In February, Djokovic won the first grand slam of the year. And in February also, we also had the Usman Gilbert Bones fight. This fight was also another good match, seeing as Gilbert Bones and Kamaru Usman were former teammates, were former gymmates, and this fight sort of divided the camp. Usman had to move coaches because of this particular fight and it was a long time coming. It was a fight where Usman had to show people that he ought to be respected as a fighter because up until that point people didn't really respect him as the greatest welterweight champion of all time. He had a point to prove and he showed us why he's the greatest welterweight champion of all time. This card was followed by another unusual but fantastic card in March, Blakovich against Addison in US 259. That fight was a legacy fight. We all knew that Adesanya was going to move up in weight class at the point because he and John Jones had an unfinished business. But up until that point, John Jones had already vacated the belt and he had moved up in, in weight class, even though he has not fought any fight up until now in the heavyweight division. But for Adesanya to take that fight, it meant that he wanted to really test himself to see if he can really truly pursue the legacy that he wanted to. So that match wasn't really a spectacular Addison Year fight, but it also showed us another aspect of Addison Year's game that needed to be fixed. And he fixed his, his grand game as a result of this particular match. So he made my top 2021 moment for the year. Still in March, after this Addison Year's card, we had the Stephen Miocic and Francis card, which was the UFC 260 card. That match was the match that cemented Francis Ngannou's place as one of the heavyweight groups. So, Miocic was considered, at that point, the best heavyweight fighter of all time, seeing as he has the most title defense in the history of the heavyweight division. But Francis Ngannou showed us other aspects to his game, from takedown defense to high leg kick to taking down Miocic in that match, to knocking out Miocic in that match twice. It had all the excitement you need in the UFC fight. And it cemented Ngannou's place as one of the heavyweight games. In April, we had the little issue of the European Super League. The European Super League came by storm and it went out three days after it was initiated. This was largely because the fans did not support the movement and some of the European clubs who were the founding members, clubs like Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, did not want a part of the Super League, seeing as there was a fan backlash that they were involved in the first place. I have my opinions on the Super League, but it was something that caught everyone by surprise when it came out. Still in April, we had the Usman Masvidal fight. This was the second of their two fights with this, and this happened because Usman called out Masvidal immediately after his bronze fight, saying that he had to finish off this fight because Masvidal had a beauty 
an excuse. It was one of the most anticipated fights of 2021. It surely delivered. It did not deliver in the way people wanted. It delivered because Usman showed everyone that he also has a knockout power. That plus all the other tools he has in his arsenal. So that match also made my list was one of the exciting moments in 2021. Moving on, in May, Leicester won the FA Cup. Leicester wasn't the favorite final Chelsea was and up to that point nobody suspected that Leicester was going to even make the draw in that match but Leicester turned up on that day and won the FA Cup even though three days later they lost the league match to Chelsea which eventually cost them a place in the Champions League spot on the league table but the reason why this final is making the list was because of the issue Amate had with the Chelsea squad after they won the FA Cup he threw the Chelsea emblem wiped it on the floor like dismissively, which caused a lot of backlash on social media. And the Chelsea players made it known to Amate three days after when they met at Stamford Bridge. Still in May, Chelsea won the Champions League. Nobody thought Chelsea was going to win that Champions League. Even I, as a Chelsea fan, if you had asked me in January what I expected from this Champions League campaign, my answer to you would have been that the IS can get to the quarterfinals. But Thomas Tuchel got us to the final and we won. So he made the list. Of course, it will make the list because I'm a Chelsea fan and it's supposed to make the list because I am a Chelsea You get it? Okay. If you don't get it, forget Still about it. We had the Reyes Kroachka fight. This was Reyes' first match after his lost opportunity last year in the in the fight for the vacated light heavyweight championship title between him and the venture winner, Blackowitz. So this was his first fight after that loss. And unfortunately for him, he met a Kwachka who was fighting his first fight in the UFC. And who everyone was looking forward to seeing because he's an exciting fighter. Kwachka delivered with his spinning back elbow, knocked out Reyes. He made it solely because of that spinning back elbow. Still in May, we had Olivera Chandler. Olivera is one of the most underrated UFC fighters. He has been in the company for up to 10 years, but he has never talked his way to a title. He has worked hard enough to get a title shot. He is a perfect example of working your way up the table. He worked his way up through hard work and shared leaders. You wonder why he has the most finishes and the most submissions in UFC history. So that match was anticipated because Chandler was signed to UFC the title fight and everyone wanted to see I was going to and everyone wanted to see I he was going to fare against an Oliveira who was much more dangerous who has more to his skill set and of course the fight delivered Chandler knocked Oliveira out in the first round but Oliveira came back to knock him out in the second round which nobody expected moving on in June of course Djokovic won the French Open that's to make the list because Djokovic is one of the all-time teams and so he has to make the list as well Followed by Addison Yavetori. This is another grudge match. Seeing as Vettori did not really do well with losing the first fight. He went on about him being robbed that he won the fight, even though he won just one round out of three rounds. He held on to that particular loss more than he held on to his greatest wins. That's coaching Addison Yav. And Addison Yav had a point to prove because this fight was his next fight after his first loss in UFC. The loss that did not come from him fighting in his weight class, but in the higher weight class, as we all know. And everybody thought there was a certain hole to Addison Yaz's game because he didn't do particularly well on the ground against Blakowicz. But nobody is talking about the size difference or the fact that Blakowicz has been doing this for a longer time 
than Adesanya. Adesanya is, is a skilled fighter, is a kickboxer, is a technician, not a grappler. So, of course, Blackout will have the advantage of him. Everybody was looking forward to Victory, testing out his grand game against Adesanya because Victory is a self proclaimed grappler. He's one of the best in the middleweight division. So, everybody wanted to see Adesanya go to fair in that match. And he really did well. He performed well. He did well. He performed brilliantly in that match. Great control, grand game. He controlled the fight overall from, from round one to the last round. Moving on to July, this is the first crash between Amity and Vastapin. This has been coming for a while, since the beginning of the season, but this was the first major crash between the two title rivals. That crash had the fan base divided. Formula One, Fondi's fans alike, did not come to an agreement as to who was at fault in that particular crash. That is why it is making this news. Moving on, in that same July, Messi won his first major trophy with Argentina. Of course, this has always been the determining factor in the GOAT discussion between Ronaldo and Messi. Seeing as Ronaldo had won the Euros and Messi had not won any international tournament with Argentina, it was only fair that Messi was able to win this particular trophy, at least to equalize this particular argument. Moving on, Italy also won the Euros against all odds. The favorite for that Euros were France, England. No one even thought of Italy. Italy, of course, are one of the strong teams in Europe, but nobody anticipated that they were going to win that tournament. And they won the tournament due to good teamwork, great tactical awareness by Roberto Marchini. And it was a fantastic tournament around. Even though there were low points in the Euros, one being the collapse of Ericsson, which everyone thought it was dead at the point. But it was a fantastic tournament around. Still in July, the COVID won his third grand slam of the year. We blood on. Still in July, we had the end of the trilogy between Mazergo and Justin Fury. This was meant to be the final part of the trilogy. As I've come to know it, it didn't really give a conclusion that sealed the trilogy. And everybody is hoping that there will be a first fight. It ended with Mazergo's broken foot and Dustin Poirier claiming a TKO over him. Moving on to August, UFC delivered another fantastic event in UFC 265, headlined by Derek Lewis and Siri Garner. Siri Garner is one of the top contenders for the heavyweight crown, same as Derek Lewis. But at that time, I didn't understand why Francis Ngannou was not defending his belt. He wasn't injured. He wasn't showing signs of being inactive. He wanted to be active. But for a strange reason, at that point, nobody knew why UFC opted to go for an interim title fight instead of a title fight. But now, we now know that Francis Ngannou has just one match left in the UFC contract. So, we rather Francis Ngannou versus Siri Garner, seeing as there's a storyline there, the former gymnast, the former gymnast, the recent snub between both parties, the animosity between Sirigani's coach and Francis Ngannou, who was the former coach to Francis Ngannou. So the match ended with Sirigani claiming the interim title belt. On paper, he's a US heavyweight champion, but he has to unify the championship by fighting Francis Ngannou. We are all waiting for that matchup. This August was the month of strange transfers. The first one being the transfer of Messi from Barcelona to PSG. At least up until that point, nobody knew that Messi was going to leave Barcelona. The rumors on ground at that point was that if Messi was going to leave Barcelona, he was heading to Manchester. And nobody even thought he wasn't going to continue with Barcelona because they offered him a new contract. The problem was that his contract had expired. So the moment his contract expired, he became a new player entirely. And it was difficult for Barcelona to register him due to the restrictions of 
registration of foreign players in La Liga. So he had to leave. But what no one saw coming was Messi joining PSG. Everybody thought 100% was going to join Guardiola at Manchester City. But that was not to be. He joined PSG instead. This transfer was followed by another very ridiculous transfer. Also involving Manchester City. Cristiano Ronaldo from Juventus to Manchester United. Cristiano Ronaldo had made it clear that he wanted to leave Juventus. But his destination was meant to be Manchester City. What no one saw coming was him moving back to Manchester United. It was one of the best transfer windows in history, if not the best, due to the two greatest of all times moving from their clubs to new clubs. And it was a chance to see them playing in a different league, with different teammates, with different clubs. In September, we had one of the major upsets in heavyweight history. That is, Usyk claiming the belt from Anthony Joshua. Nobody saw it coming. I suspected that something like that may happen, but I did not see it coming. I was so sad at the result. I was happy for Usyk, but I was so sad at the result because because that match was supposed to be a warm-up match for Anthony Joshua before unifying the belt against Fury. But that wasn't to be. In that same month of September, Emma Raducanu won the US Open, which was one of the greatest upsets of all time in tennis history. Still in September, we had the second big dramatic crash between Verstappen and Hamilton. This time around, Verstappen landing on top of Hamilton. And the favorite quote, that is what you get for not leaving enough space, became a thing. This happened at Monza. Moving on to October. In October, we had a minor contact between Hamilton and Verstappen, which prompted Hamilton to refer Verstappen as a stupid idiot over team radio. <laughs> Still in October, Dante Ryder vs. Tyson Fury trilogy came to an end, with Tyson Fury retaining his WBC belt, and this fight gave us one of the best fights in heavyweight history, can be referred to as a classic, because both fighters had the chance at the point to knock each other out. In the same month of October, we had the Newcastle takeover. This was one of the major moves in history. This is because this particular takeover wasn't just a sport takeover, it was more of a political takeover. There were so many underlying factors that prevented the takeover from happening in the first place. So, this takeover was one of the best things to happen to football this year. Because the potential of Newcastle now is immense, even though I, I still feel like they can still be eliminated this year. But the future is bright for Newcastle, which is what we want to see in football. Still in October, we had the Costa Victory fight. It was an interesting fight. But the most important thing to note from this fight was the fact that Costa couldn't make weight and USA had to do a catch weight for both fighters to fight. Costa lost the fight in a very close fight, in my opinion, because could have gone there with Fairplay to Victory proved his worth. This fight was followed by USA 267, headlined by Blackowitz versus Petzera. This was one of the major upsets in this. And in all fairness to Petzera, it's not because Petzera is not a dangerous fighter. It's one of the most dangerous fighters in the division. But it was one of the major upsets of the century, if not in history, because of the age of Petzera. Petzera is over 40 years and is, is the oldest champion in the history of USC. That was a classic definition of better late than never. Moving on to November, Lionel Messi won his seventh Ballon d'Or. It was a controversial one. I still had my vote on Lewandowski. Lewandowski should have won that Ballon d'Or. It was so certain that Lewandowski was going to win because everybody seemed to agree that Lewandowski deserved it more. 
what everybody didn't see coming was Messi winning it. There are some shots for Jorginho to win it. I particularly did not see the reason why Jorginho should be in the top three, but there were arguments from some quarters that he should have won it. But nobody saw Lionel Messi winning it coming, and he won a record seventh Ballon d'Or in November. They had Usman Lacoste-Covent in two. This fight was another growth mark. At this point, it seems to me like 2021 in the UFC was a grudge year, or was a battle of grudges. This fight was another classic example of a grudge fight. Covent, as we all know him to be, talks his way to a title fight, talks trash all the time. But this time around, he crossed so many lines. It was only fair that Usman won the match. Usman winning this fight cemented this list as an all-time great in the welterweight division because Kobe Covington is considered as one of the most dangerous welterweights of all time. I'm sure if Usman wasn't in the picture, Kobe Covington would have dominated this particular welterweight division. Also on that card, honorable mention to Chandler versus Gage. That match is one of the best non-title fights in history. It was a three-round fight, which in my opinion should have been a five-round fight, but they delivered on their promises. Both fighters promised us a classic and we got a classic from both fighters. Nobody took a step back. It was a really fantastic fight. On that same day, we had the Canelo versus Plant fight. Canelo is considered as the number one pound boxer currently. He's a very dangerous fighter and he showed why he's a class apart from others in this particular fight. He knocked that plant in a devastating fashion. Still in November, Oligon Associates was sacked by Manchester United. This sack was a long time coming. If you ask any man you find, if this sack came really late, they'll tell you yes. Even though I don't think sacking Ole was the solution to that problem. But it had to be done. In November, there was an upturn in fortunes for Mercedes and Hamilton. They took the gamble of taking an NG penalty and Hamilton showed why he's one of the greatest of all time in motor racing history. This was largely due to his performance from qualifiers through to sprint racing through to the main race. And in the main race, he started 10th and he came from 10th position to win the race. And of course, there was the classic moment between Verstappen and Hamilton where the FIA failed to punish Verstappen for obviously running Hamilton out of the road. In December, UFC ended with a very fantastic card that involved Dustin Poirier and Oliveira. As we all know, Dustin Poirier opted to fight a money fight between him and McGregor early in the year instead of taking the title fight. So it was only fair for so it was only fair for him to get the title chance. And going into this fight it was a favorite. I didn't know why it was a favorite because Oliveira had more skill sets than Poirier. Take away Dustin Poirier's punching power, and that is the end. We saw it against Khabib. We saw it against even Dan Uka, and we saw it against Oliveira. Oliveira showed why he's one of the most dangerous lightweights currently, and also showed people how dangerous it can be. December, Formula One ended in controversy on the very last lap of the very last race of the year. Hamilton led for the majority of the race, only for the lead to be taken away by a very dangerous decision. I I choose to call it dangerous decision because I don't want to be seen as filing pressure on my camera, but it was a dangerous decision and it had a lasting effect 
and the eventual champion. The eventual champion being Max Verstappen. Verstappen became the first Dutch world champion and prevented Hamilton from his eighth world championship, which would have given him the outside good status. Even though he's still a goat, but that would have set him apart from the rest. This brings me to the end of this episode. Of course, there are so many events that I may have omitted, but this is what the time permits me to do at the moment. Honorable mentions Mundo, Duplantis had a great year, is the co voter, and was one of the most exciting sports personality this year because it broke world records, niche records that his parents would be proud of. Another honorable mention is the sack of Bernard Ross, the coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria, which before the AFCON. This is a classic panic mode decision by the NFF, who sacked a coach weeks before an AFCON, and you expect the team to do well in AFCON. Even if the Super Eagles of Nigeria are not my favorite team for the tournament because they've not been performing well to their abilities, but with Bernard Ross, they will still have had a chance. Sacking him which before the tournament only spells doom for Nigeria in the tournament. The outside favorite for the AFCON, in my opinion, are Senegal, Algeria, Egypt, Cameroon, Ghana, before you even start thinking of Nigeria. 2021 also saw the end of Vatari Botas in Mercedes due to the end of his contract. He has now moved to Alpha Romero, replacing Kim Raikkonen, who also retired this year. It's so sad to see Kimi go. But it is what it is. George Russell has also joined Mercedes for next year and it's going to be a more exciting year for Formula One than this year because I'd like to see George Russell compete for world titles, at least give Max Verstappen a run for his money. Even though there are other people who eventually give Max Verstappen a run for his money. People like Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, they are going to be there or thereabouts. Lastly, the Nigerian Premier League has just started and I'm excited for this season because my favorite team, 3SC Football Club, popularly known as the Leo Leo Warriors of Ibadan, are now in the Nigerian Premier League. They are one of the most successful clubs in the history of the league and it's good to have them back in the league. I look forward to an exciting season in the NPFL and this is largely because it is important to bring awareness to our own local league. And when I say attention, I mean as much attention as we give to the English Premier League, the Spanish La Liga, the Italian Serie we have to also promote our own local league because bringing awareness to our local league will also yield the required results. That is, that is, it will cause a ripple effect. It will enable the required growth that the league desperately needs. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I'm looking forward to an exciting 2022 and I hope to see you soon. Bye.